the Joe Rogans and the Dave Portnoy's. They'll sort of soft promote someone, soft op oppose someone, but never really come out and say it. When their guy gets 30 piece, like 30 piece chicken nuggets in Iowa and Donald Trump's eaten every single one of them, that uh, then they just kind of like disappear and they'll act mm -hmm. like they never did this. If if those same people uh, want to want to continue on the charade as if they're, they were a Trump supporter uh, when it mattered, and then come around and say, you know, use this this tired refrain of, oh, I'm a Trump supporter, but dot, 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 then of course I'd be more than happy to produce the receipts to show that no, in fact, you were not a Trump supporter when it mattered. All right, it is Wednesday. We are over uh, the halfway mark and we got a big week ahead. Obviously today uh, is gonna be a great show, but then Don Jr. is gonna join us at the end of the week. So make sure that you're subscribing. That's what you wanna do now and tell your friends to subscribe, uh, get on board now so you don't miss anything. Uh, but there's a lot to break down as far as uh, this nomination process. And we're seeing a lot of people jump on the Trump train now. What should we do with them? Should we welcome them with open arms? Um, I'm gonna break that down with my guest today, Jack Posobiec. He, uh, you may know him from Twitter or from social media. Uh, he is uh, at Human Events. He's a Navy Intel uh, veteran and he hosts the Human Events Daily uh, he's never at a loss for words. So let's get into it with Jack. All right. Um, I want to welcome in live from, uh, the world economic forum. Uh, it's a little later in Davos, but Jack, I, I gotta, I gotta say, thanks. I, I, it, it meant a lot to do this. I know you were with Klaus Schwab a little while ago today. And, uh, and so for you to make time to join us live from Davos in between your meeting with Klaus Schwab and John Kerry, means the world to me in the audience. So, so thanks for that. I, I, well, I, I want to appreciate it, you know, because, uh, of course, as you know, uh, Klaus or Klau Klau, as I call him for short yeah. and care care, uh, we were, we were meeting and it's actually quite strange because just at the end of the meeting, uh, the door opened and there was a guy with a bunch of girls who started to come in and, you know, I was like, those girls look a little, no, nah, not going to go there. Not going to go there. <laughs> Oh, Jack, it's me, Bill Clinton. How are you? Uh, <laughs> good to see you. Hey, John. Yeah, they Kerry. mentioned something about an island. I don't, I don't know. I don't hey, know John Kerry, how are you? Wow, it's awful cold. We might want to get by the fire. Uh, <laughs> I haven't done Bill Clinton. The cigars started was... coming around, you know. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, okay. Now that we've we've thoroughly mocked everybody, um, I, everyone's just... totally confused. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're like, what the heck is going on? And then we're, let's talk politics uh, here in America. Yes. Um, I, I want to get into some of the specifics of of your take uh, that I saw on Twitter. But just in general, when the votes were cast in Iowa and the results were tabulated, what were you thinking? Sure. Well, I think. I think there's there's two aspects of that, and I'll say the reason that you you brought up you know Davos and we're joking about it, but it's important and I think it's insightful as well because uh, what happens in Davos affects the politics and affects the voting in Iowa. They are intrinsically connected, and it's certainly going to be affecting the votes uh, when it comes to the Rust Belt uh, going through in the general later this year. When I, I do think that it looks obviously like President Trump is going to be the nominee. I think we all know that at this point. I uh, could have told you that last week too, but I think uh, I think. 
think now the rest of the world understands it. Uh, and it's because of the policies that grow out of these forums, like the World Economic Forum, it's because of these degrowth, deindustrialization policies that our, our workers and our farmers and our agricultural sector have been faced with and really been hit by in some of these areas that were hit by this, of course, are now swinging back to find somebody and who can do the right thing for them. And, and by the way, people need to understand that this was the same message that brought a lot of this area, and, and, and uh, people hate when I bring this up, but if, if you wanna understand the voters, you have to understand the, the trends, that in 2008 and 2012, this is why the, the Rust Belt and Iowa and a lot of the places in the Midwest voted for Barack Obama, okay? This was the message that they were being sent he came around and said, I'm going to help you. I'm going to help reverse this. But he didn't help reverse it. In fact, he advanced it. And we later found that out. And then finally, uh, a guy came around by the name of Donald Trump and said, look, I, I may not be from here. And, you know, I may be a New York billionaire and I'm definitely not an Iowa farmer. Uh, and I'm not going to pretend to be or, or you know, lie to you and disrespect you and, you know, put on some overalls and flannel and, and <laughs> you know, act like I'm one of you. But but I see what's happened here and I don't like that. And, and I'm going to do something to fix it. And I think people really understand that. Look, when, you know, now to get to get to the Iowa caucus itself, I, I think last week, myself, like a lot of people or anybody who's worked elections, you know, we saw some of these, these bullish polls coming out and poll after poll after poll were extremely bullish on the chances of President Trump, some having him up by by 20 points, 25 points, 30 points. And I remember a lot of the political operatives were kind of sharing them around going, all right, you know, we think Trump will do well, but there's there's no way that he's going to get double digits, uh, double digits, 10, 12 had been the previous uh, record. And so nobody had ever won the Iowa caucuses by such a margin before. And so they thought what, what they thought was, was that maybe maybe there were people who were saying they were for Trump, but maybe would later go and caucus for for a Vivek or for uh, Ron DeSantis or dare I even say Nikki Haley. Well, turns out that ended up not being the case at all. Um, because, and, and look, when you're, when you're working on a campaign, not to say that I was working on the campaign, but when you are working on a campaign, you have to provide, uh, that analysis to the lead. And if you're going to your candidate saying, oh, you're, you're fine. This is in the bag. No, you can't do that. You have to say, look, we have to fight like we're down. And then number two, you have to say, look, we're getting these numbers in and these indicators are great. But at the same time, we've never seen anyone perform in the Iowa caucus like this. And right. so we have to be careful. And I think that's where my analysis was as well. And, you know, what can I say it turned out that the polls actually ended up being pretty spot on this time around. Right. All right, guys, most of us know what it's like to be without power, sometimes for an hour, maybe a day, a couple days after a natural disaster, a hurricane, a windstorm, you know, whatever. But now national security experts are warning that our power grid is more vulnerable than ever. And they've identified nine key substations, which if attacked, they're saying we could lose power for months, months. That's why having your own solar power is more important than ever. So I recommend the Patriot Power Generator, which is a solar generator that you don't have to install in your house. It's portable, you can take it with you. You can use it inside your house. And it's powerful enough that if power goes out, we're talking your phones, your tablets, your computers, medical devices, even your refrigerator gets power. So if you go to fourpatriots.com and use code SPICE, you get 10% off your first purchase. It's four. Patriots.com includes that Patriot power generator. You'll get a uh, that guarantee for a year, free shipping if it's over 97 bucks, and a portion of every sale is donated to charities that support veterans, right? That's great. So go to 4 use code SPICER, 
for Patriots.com. You do not want to be without power in case something happens. The thing that was interesting to me, I, you know, you mentioned the narratives and things like that. I tweeted out 30 minutes into the caucuses, all of these major organizations called the caucuses for Trump. And Team Trump obviously was was excited initially. Um, I, I, I took this, and, and it's funny, some people said like, are you, DeSantis was freaking out. And I was like, Donald Trump just went and asked everybody, literally two days before had said, no matter what, go to the caucuses. If you're dying, it doesn't matter. I mean, he had all these great analogies and he was being funny about it. And my point to a lot of folks was, if you, if you had listened to Donald Trump and you had driven to your caucus site and the speeches hadn't even started and you're looking at your phone and you're going, oh, he won? Cool, I can go home, right? I think that was actually an effort to suppress the turnout and the support 100%. for Trump. And, and, and the thing was, is, is that I was saying to some of the Trump folks afterwards, I was like, guys, like initially Trump was down, he would have had a complete early sweep of all 99 counties. I, and I said, how many, maybe one, maybe five Trump people left that, that precinct and said, cool, he won. I don't need to stay here for another hour, hour and a half in the freezing cold dark that I have to drive home in. And this is, I think we, we keep forgetting to some degree and this is what sometimes winning does is it buries other issues. This was an attempt by the media, I firmly believe, to, you know, it's funny, yesterday, I'm, I'm jumping, but everyone was like, oh, well, turnout was down. No kidding, because all of you told people it was over before the speeches even started. No, that's exactly right. And and a lot of those turnout numbers that I, I noticed a lot of people in the DeSantis camp uh, pointing to the turnout numbers overall, the aggregate numbers and saying turnout was down. But uh, that's also because a lot of the numbers they were using, a lot of the metrics I dug into this also included the Democrat caucuses that were going on in previous years. However, this time around, the Democrats did not hold a caucus. Uh, they pushed it to, to a 100% mail-in ballot caucus. And so, of course, the, it's going to be higher turnout right. if one side doesn't come out. That's number one. Then number two, as you say, this was a deliberate attempt and I think the DeSantis camp is is right and they're wrong. They're right in the sense that the media calling it so early the way they did had a depressive effect on turnout. I think they're 100% correct on that. But where they're wrong in their analysis is that it wasn't a depressive effect on DeSantis, Haley, or Vivek. It was a depressive effect on the Trump supporters because Trump Hallelujah. supporters are the ones who are going to see that notification come across their screens. Um, even though I always tell people to turn off notifications, I, I understand a lot of people do it. Um, <laughs> Um, which is funny because like, I, you know, I make my, my living in social media, but say, it is what it is. You might want to be know, careful on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I, I just think, look, like, it, you should control your life. Don't let your phone control your life. So that's how, that's how I believe it. And, uh, and that's how I run my, I turn all my notifications off. But at the same time, uh, you understand people are getting these notifications and they're saying, oh, I don't have to stay out here. Great. Or maybe, as you say, they're on their way to the caucus right. and they're fighting the blizzard and suddenly they're told there's, oh, hey, there's there's actually no reason for you to be here. You don't have to put yourself in harm's way. <laughs> Darling, we don't have to die. I can live. You know, so you, you turn around, you go home, you say you don't worry about it because, the, you know, it's it, it's cold. It's it's uh, it's it's blizzard conditions. You say we already won. The game's over. So right. why would why would we do this? No, if it had a depressive effect, it would be on that. But if you were someone who 
who was a, a, a staunch Ron DeSantis supporter. And they, they certainly are out there. They're in my Twitter mentions pretty much every day. I've seen them. Uh, they've made <laughs> themselves known to me. Um, or, or some of these people like we're seeing in Iowa and New Hampshire, who, and, and this has been a huge effort by the Nikki Haley campaign to find liberal Democrats or even liberal independents and bring them over because Iowa had same day registration. New Hampshire allows, they have an open primary system. And so what they were doing is saying, go around and you see a lot of this Reed Hoffman money is coming in behind this effort to say, we need to slow down Trump's momentum. Right. We need to, uh, we need to, you know, it's like, like uh, when, when Captain Ahab is going after Moby Dick and he, you know, he gets the spear into him once and he gets the hook into him next time, but he's still going, but he's getting slower. He's getting slower. And so, you know, this has been a huge effort on their end. So if you're one of those people, then, okay, sure. You're going to, you're right. going to stick it out because your goal is to be part of that depressive effort on Trump supporters. And of course, this is where we see Nikki Haley ends up winning by one vote in this county, which, of course, you know, still remains to be seen because I think the final tallies are still, uh, yeah, still a few days away. It'll, yeah, it'll ultimately and, be. A but we're told that in that same county, so at that same caucus site, they ran out of same day registration forms. So that's you have to put this you have to put these together. There was an effort to do, a deliberate effort to depress the Trump turnout from Democrats and independents in that county. And so when you're saying that Trump didn't win all 99 counties, I would put a little asterisk next to that. Hey, are you a professional that's running a small business or maybe you know that person? Well, I've got an exciting, exciting new offer for you. It's called Ramp, and it will maximize productivity and cut wasteful spending from your business. Ramp is the corporate card and spend management software designed to save you money and put money back in the pocket of your company. Ramp gives finance teams unprecedented control and insight into spending money. It can add restrictions, limits, all those things that you want. It's a physical credit card that you get to give employees that you don't have to worry about because you know where they can spend, how much they can spend. It's fantastic. Ramp saves you money. And here's the thing. Businesses that start with Ramp save on average 5% the first month. Who doesn't like that? It's easy to use. It's easy to get started. They issue virtual and physical credit cards, and you can start making payments in less than 15 minutes. Whether you have five employees or 5,000, Ramp is going to save you time and money. But here is the kicker. Whether you're that person or you know the person, if you go to ramp.com slash Spicer, you get 250 bucks just for signing up. 250 bucks in your pocket. That's why you are gonna go to ramp.com slash Spicer right now and sign up. By the way, cards are issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members FDIC. Terms and conditions apply. Well, the thing was, to your point, Trump was always going to win. There was no question about it. Every liberal media type agreed to that. The question is, by how much? So this was an effort to depress that. You're absolutely right. The DeSantis folks didn't think they were going to win. They just were trying to figure out, could they come in maybe a close second or something? And so this wasn't a deliberate effort. But I, I want to get back to some of the comments that you made afterwards on Twitter. One of the things that you put out initially said, watch how many conservative pundits pivot hard back to cultural <laughs> topics and try to act like their boy didn't just get third placed last night in front of the whole world. So let me just start with this. Like you said, you know, at one other point, you're, you're taking names down, right? So do you think that they're going to try to whitewash their previous support or that they're just coming over? 
Well, no, I don't think they are coming over, uh, sadly. And and you've seen this, you've seen these people out there in in sort of the conservative media landscape for play this game for a long time. And they play this game of footsie where they'll say, they'll say, oh, you know, I, I disagree with what the main, you know, the uh, the deep state is doing to Trump. I disagree with what the DOJ is doing to Trump. I disagree with, um, you know, how the media is lying or taking Trump's, uh, you know, comments out of context, which obviously you are, are quite familiar with. Um, <laughs> and yeah, just a little bit. Yeah. And um, but but then when it comes down to actual brass tacks, they'll they'll turn around and say they'll they'll put in this. They'll, they'll usually focus on this type of conservative pundit or conservative pundit class type will focus on cultural issues for, you know, 90 percent of their uh, of their work, whether it be trans, whether it be DEI, whether it be CRT. And there's and there's certainly you know, no uh, no scarcity of these issues to focus on. But then when it comes to politics, they'll say, you know, Trump is a little old. But I don't want two old guys running. You'll hear the same refrain from like the Joe Rogans and the Dave Portnoy's a little bit. Um, you'll hear it from you know, Bill Burr was pushing the same thing when he went on um one of the one of the late night shows, they're all fungible and interchangeable at this point. So it doesn't really matter which one. And, you know, and then uh, and then they'll say, you know, I think we need someone younger. And they and they just kind of slip it in very, you know, very surreptitiously that, you know, we need someone younger. We need some young blood. You know, DeSantis is doing some good stuff. And so it's, it's very interesting to watch how they'll promote they'll sort of soft promote someone soft oppose someone, but never really come out and say it. And then when, you know, when their guy gets, and as I said, when their guy gets 30 piece, like 30 piece chicken nuggets, you know, 30 piece chicken nuggy down there in, in Iowa and Donald Trump's eating every single one of them that, uh, then they just kind of like disappear and they'll act Mm -hmm. like they never did this. And at this point, I'm not ready to name all of the names just yet. Uh, of the people who were spreading these things out because, you know, some of them, you know, I'm, I'm in the same space. Uh, okay. May, maybe I did post a few, a few receipts of Clay Travis. Um, but I, I have caught, I have caught a few people. I've caught a few people who up until recently had 100,000 tweets or 50,000 tweets on their timeline. And suddenly just magically after the Iowa caucus, their, their tweet count has gone down to about 500 or maybe <laughs> 1000. And it's like, wow, where, where did all your old tweets go? That's interesting. It sure would be a shame if somebody had them archived. And, and so, I mean, in all seriousness, are you going to push this out at some point? Who they are? I, th- I think that's up to them. I think it's up to them. Meaning uh, what? what I'm, meaning, meaning if, if, if those same people uh, want to want to continue on the charade as if they're, they were a Trump supporter okay. uh, when it mattered and then come around and say, you know, use this, this tired refrain of, oh, I'm a Trump supporter, but dot, 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 then of course I'd be more than happy to produce the receipts to show that, no, in fact, you were not a Trump supporter when it mattered. So, so let's just say hypothetically, one of these people says, I, I wasn't always a hardcore Trump supporter, but, you know, the process has played out. I'm willing to support him now. Is that good enough for you? It is. I, I do yeah. think it is. But at the same time, you know, there's, you know, uh, as uh, we just had Martin Luther King Day earlier this week. So I'll say there's there's different seats on the bus. OK, some people sit in the front and some people, you know, you can be on the bus. That's fine. But, you know, maybe maybe you're in back. Maybe you're in coach. Maybe you're like you're like on the plane. You're in economy. You're back by the bathroom. So in other words, hey, you just joined, you don't get to, you don't get to get the front row seat. 
Right. And what I mean by that is, is you don't get to direct where the ship goes. You don't get to direct traffic. You don't get to, you know, have a voice and say, and say, oh, this is, you know, this is the way we have to do, or, you know, these, these are the people who, again, Ron DeSantis spent how many millions of dollars to, it depends on how you count, right? right? You know, some people say it's 34 million, but that's only direct spend. If you go all in, I think it's something like 140 million. And, and we know that Trump spent only about $300 per vote, right? Oh. Talk about a businessman, right? And Can so, you imagine? Uh, though, the just... fact of the matter is, and 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 Sean, what I want to say is, is is I'm not just being, you know, people say, oh, oh, Sobic, you're being you're being petty. I'm not being petty. This is money that could have been used for ballot harvesting. This is money that could have been used for litigation. This is money that could have gone to uh, people that are fighting these wrongful prosecutions in J6 or or a number of other good causes. But instead, we had good resources thrown behind talk toxic causes, and unfortunately, that that is precious dollars that we are not going to have going into the general now. So no, this stuff does have real world implications for our overall fight. And that is why I'm being this way. You know, it's funny. I don't mean to digress, but I always play this game with my friends where I'm like, what's your number, right? What's the number uh, that you would have to have financially to not work again, right? And I've always said, my number is like 10 million bucks. If I had $10 million, I think I could get about 10% rate of return. I'd have, that's a million bucks. And, you know, I don't, I'm not, I don't need to, to pry, fly private. I mean, my point is I always think about like, it's just a fun game. It's like when the lottery gets to be whatever, I'll buy a ticket. And then I dream for 10 minutes about what I do. Right. But think about to your point, the money was spent and what yeah. you could have done with that. I mean, like I literally think back to myself in terms of dollar per vote and you have to, there's never an accounting to like the super pack or whatever. Like, what did you do with this money? Where did mm -hmm. it go? Like you must Never have been down was knocking on doors in Texas. They were knocking on doors in Texas, Sean. Right? What does that have to do with winning Iowa? They were do, running this stuff and they said, oh, we're going to have infrastructure <laughs> in place. Are you kidding me? Are you joking? Look, and you know that world. I know that world, right? That's because 20%, 25% of that is going into some consultant's pocket. Yes. You don't know. That's, I told this, you know, I get asked all the time, why isn't so-and-so dropping out? And I think there's, I always say there's, there's basically three reasons. One, they actually, honest to God, think they can. Two, there's some existential, uh, uh, you know, existential reason, i.e. like, they, in this case, they think that something would happen to Trump and therefore whatever. And then third is the people that are around you that are advising mm -hmm. you the most are all getting a cut. And the second you say no mas, they get the gravy train stops. So they have an incentive to keep you on the, the treadmill. And no one seems to get that. A 15% of a million bucks is 150 and grand. And these guys, you know, on, on a lot of these things are making a decent cut. But I just keep thinking to myself, to your point, every time someone tells me that number and says, you know, this is how much DeSantis spent or whatever, I'm like, oh my God, like I could have retired for life for that, or you could have bought so many people a car. Mm -hmm. um, it's it just, it is mind boggling. I, I, whenever, by the way, whenever somebody asks me that question, I, I I always look back and I say, wait a minute, you think I'm doing this for the money? <laughs> the money? <laughs> no, no. Like, like if I if I was doing this for money, I'd be like, I'd be like, guys, I, I speak Chinese and I have a Rolodex full of government contacts. Trust me, I'm not doing this for the money, right? I, I go back to Hong Kong uh, if I wanted to do if I wanted to make money. I go back to Shanghai, right? I'd sell right out to the CCP if I wanted to do it for money. Uh, no, 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 no. This is like I, I could be making zero dollars driving around DC with a bullhorn. I wouldn't care. Um, I'd still be doing this but but it's it you know to your point as well that we've seen over the last really first 24 hours and this has been 
you know, you got to say this is not a sign of a uh, confidence in a, in a candidate where there's been a lot of DeSantis people that are now former DeSantis people that are coming out. And th- I don't even have to say anything or do anything because they're dropping the receipts on their own. Yeah. People put the spectator had a huge piece with uh, Ryan Grudowski, who's a friend of mine, you know, who who printed out this huge uh, article, and I think it's up at his Substack as well, talking about how he flew down to Tallahassee for one of these influencer meetings and and really spoke some hard truths to the governor's face, to uh, Casey DeSantis's face, uh, no, not, not the two were faced, I mean, she was just in the room, and and said, you know, this 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 tactic that you're attempting is not uh, it's not working. This is not good, and and basically was told that he wasn't invited back. And you, and that you mean the tactic, i.e., going after Trump? Well, you know there were okay, and and I'll even be fair, right? There were ways to go after Trump, but you what you would have had to do is you would have had to undermine that level of trust that Trump voters have with Trump. This is the only way that anyone could have gone after Trump. And it's not easy, okay? But if you just sit there and you talk about these wonky policy ideas, people will say, okay, yeah, that's fine. I didn't like the lockdowns. A lot of people say, yeah, I didn't like the vaccine. A lot of people will say, I'm talking about the right. A lot of people say, you know, I didn't like this. I didn't like that. I wish this had been done. I wish that had been done, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Pardons for Assange, pardons for Snowden, pardons for the J6ers, et cetera, even though that was like at the tail end of everything in the middle of an impeachment and a stolen election. But you know, the, the, the idea that, um, you know, that there are, are people who have gripes within the Trump community, the Trump fan, uh, you know, fan base, voter base, it's all there. Uh, but Ron DeSantis decided to eschew all of those and, and simply just talk about these wonky sort of nebulous policy ideas without ever actually, you know, stepping up and trying to, trying to lob a few grenades, man. Like you got, like, look at how I do Twitter every day. Like I name names, I drop people. I, I walk up and, and politically I'm not afraid to, you know, take shots on goal. And I just think that DeSantis never really took shots on goal until maybe the, Sean, great example. Do you know the, so he's in sort of this, this uh, race for second place with Nikki Haley. Do you know that the first time that he's mentioned Boeing is yesterday? The first no time that he's used boat, the, I just checked his Twitter. Oh, you're right. The you know what? The funny thing is, I keep remembering like when I they're dropping doors off of buildings, like or off of planes, like uh, and they're hitting buildings. You I wouldn't attack Nikki Haley. Yeah. I would have. I would have made a video about that, like like as it was happening. It's funny because now that you say it, you're right. I was thinking, you know, it came up, but it was Vivek that had had brought it up, not not yes. DeSantis. If, I think DeSantis, DeSantis is like, had campaigned like Vivek, he would have done much better, and he would have had to do it from the start. Yeah. All right, folks, I want to tell you about my friend, Leo Grillo. If you've been watching the show for a while, you know about Leo and all the great work that he does at Delta Rescue. You can go to deltarescue.org, take a look at the videos, an amazing, amazing no-kill sanctuary. Leo Grillo has made a life out of saving, protecting, nurturing abandoned animals, dogs, cats, you name it. Delta Rescue is a, a mission of his. It's a passion of his. Um, if you're an animal lover like me, if you've rescued dogs, if you've rescued cats, um, then you're going to want to check out the amazing work of Delta Rescue. You go to deltarescue.org, there's videos, there's testimonials. You can see what I'm talking about. It is the world's largest no-kill sanctuary. It's not a shelter. It's a sanctuary. This is where animals can live in perpetuity. They can get the nutrition they need, the care they need, the support they need. And it's all because Leo Grillo made it his lifelong mission. And it's only supported through donations like me and you. 
five, ten, a hundred dollars, but there's also a way that we can make this mission that Leo has created a lifelong one, an enduring one. And that's if we go to deltarescue.org and check out the estate kit that they put there. Download it, see if it works for you, if it could be part of your financial future planning. Go to deltarescue.org, hit that estate guide. Also think about a contribution. Help Leo Grillo and the great work that Delta Rescue does to take care of these abandoned animals. I want you to explain this because I, I, I think you can. I mean, not that- And I'm not saying but, you would have won, by the way. I'm not no, saying no, no. I don't think you would have won, but I do think it would have been tighter. Oh, of course. I mean, I, I think that this has been, the, I used to, I mean, Jeb Bush's super PAC operation was epically one of the biggest failures. And then <laughs> yeah. I think Ron DeSantis said, no, 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 no. Let me show you how to really do it epically bad. What like, is it with these Florida governors? You know, I just. Uh... <laughs> the, 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 you know what it is though? Somebody brought this up yesterday. Um, and, and I don't know if it's just my New England frugality or whatever, but I think if you, if you don't have money, and you slowly get it, right? Like I remember my first paycheck, I used to clean boats for a living and like sand the tea, clean the bottoms, whatever. And I think I was making literally, like, I think it was 315 an hour or something. And I remember getting a raise to like 385 and I was like, oh my God, even though it wasn't a much, I was like, okay, how do I, like you, 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 you really valued that increase in money and it was mm -hmm. a slow drip for me, right? And so all through my career, my first job on Capitol Hill was $18,500. And then I remember slowly making it into the 20s. And then I, I mean, it was a big deal when I crossed $30,000. And, um, and, and I, I mean, I had a whole system down about how I could go out on Friday night and how many beers I could buy. They were, of course, draft. But like, I mean, there's a sense of frugality and appreciating the money. And the problem yeah. with these super PACs is they come in and say, here is your treasure. And it's, 20, mm -hmm. 50, $100 million. And you don't really, you suddenly go, well, why the heck am I going to fly Spirit Airlines when I can get my own, you know, G5? And and I can be in, in Davenport and right. in Sioux City. And there's not an appreciation for the money. And I think that's what happens with these well, last the lifestyle. Two, right. But, and, and you saw this, you got hit for, for um, how much he spent on, on private planes. And, and the funny part about it is I get it in a sense, which is, you know, I don't, for me, I, I will look if someone, you know, if there's an option, I'll say, well, I'd rather pocket the money and then, you know, put it towards my kid's education or something. I don't really care because I'm used to it. The problem with a lot of these big candidates, you know, whether it's Bush or now uh, DeSantis, is that they get handed a, a huge check at the beginning and saying, okay, go from there. And there's, it's like, oh, well, what difference does it make if we spend, you know, for frugal here, if we cut corners here, because we got plenty of it. That's, I think, the, 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 they don't understand. You think about the people who won Iowa in the past, Santorum, uh, Huckabee. They had no money. Hogan Gidley was on the show and talking about it. Like they had a, Santorum had a pickup truck and he was driving around. He stayed in Best Westerns and things like that. That To him, it, you, you didn't know what to do with the money. You just had to hard work. And that's where I think a lot of these guys lose it in the campaigns. They get sucked in by the big money and the consultants and, and the trappings of it and not understand uh, you know, the one-on-one -on -one contact and get sold on, Hey, we're just going to run 60 second ads. Yeah, no. And, 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 and holding these, these park city, Utah resort meetings up at the, you know, at the Erickson lodge up there that they were doing, it's like the governor of Florida. Now he's in the Erickson lodge. He's in park city. He's doing all this stuff. And, and, you know, uh, you know, it's funny you mentioned that. Cause I was, um, all the way back in 2006, I was a lowly uh, intern for Santorum uh, out, of, out of the Pennsylvania office. And then, you know, while I was while I was uh, working in a in a deli, 
you know, um, for like 450, which definitely wasn't legal um, at the time. Um, and, you know, it's like, hey, but, you know, so I would go from my like, like senatorial internship um, and then I would go and like change into like jeans and a shirt and put on an apron and I'm like, I'm cutting meat, and, yeah. you know, making Italian hoagies and, uh, which is the thing that we call, we call it in Philly. And, uh, and then, and then hoping that, um, you know, hoping that, uh, I don't have any of the smell on me when I have to walk around with constituents coming in, you know, and it's just sort of like, look, when you, when you come up a certain way, you be getting the game a different yeah. way. That's, yeah. that's sort of how it goes. But, you know, I remember looking at this and saying that, you know, it's it's very interesting to see that when he filed, when DeSantis filed for his uh, financial paperwork, his financial statement, and when he ran for president, I noticed that he still had student loan debt. I don't yeah. know if you noticed that he still had student loan debt, and it was like it's like all right, he came up a certain kind of way. Right. But to your point, when when that brass ring gets handed to you, right. it's very different. It's very different when it gets handed to you versus when you built or you achieved it kind of on your own. I'm not going right. to, I'm not going to say that he didn't achieve anything on his own, but I am saying that in this situation, it's not, you say, it's not your it, money. It's not your money. It's not your money. Right. Yes. When you go out and you build something, a company or a show or whatever, and you earn it, it's yours. These, this wasn't their money. This is donor money. And that's the right. thing is it got handed to you. It's almost like a lottery system where some, I mean, a lot like winning lottery, it got handed to you. You didn't earn it. Yeah. And so you don't, feel a sense of, of purpose and of frugality because it's, you know, like I said, I, I'll, I make trades all the day where I'll, you know, someone, someone made a comment the other day about, it, and I said, well, I'd rather take the money, put it in my pocket or save it for my kids than, you know, take an Uber black versus an Uber X because, you know, it's, it's $40 more and I can do something with the $40. But if someone just hands you a hundred million dollars because you won the lottery, you don't feel the same sense of it. It wasn't like it was, you earned that. No, but Sean, it's, it's your point, to your point, right? Statistically speaking, uh, people who win the lottery do not do well. Right. Statistically speaking, I'm not saying everybody, but most people who win the lottery, who, who turn out big, show me one person who's won the lottery and then gone on to found anything, uh, going on to, they don't on have to, to. an incredible business. They don't have to. But if you look at some of the stories of people who do, that money gets spent so fast, that money comes in and it's gone. It's right. just completely gone because there is a sense that when, and you're talking big money as opposed to incremental money and the big money, big money. One of the issues, and this is a human thing. This is, we're not even really talking about Ron DeSantis anymore. This is just <laughs> this is just part of human nature. I do think it's part it's of human nature. It's the same thing, that, though. It's not that, that different. Yeah, you 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 get this money, and all of a sudden, you you in your mind, you think of it as and look, money changes people, right? That's not you know we're right. not saying anything new there. That uh, you think that it's windfall money, and so it it as you just said, you just mentioned about, you know, put it away for your kids or putting away for investment, putting away for retirement. But suddenly when you get windfall money, it's, there's this sense that this doesn't count because right. all of the money that I was earning, that's the money that counts. That's the money that goes into the budget. That's what goes into the family, but this is fun money. Right. And this money I get to spend however I want. And now I can live in the trappings of luxury. And now I get to do all of these things. And, you know, look, if, if he had turned around and, and won the caucus, I'm sure we wouldn't be talking about it this way, but unfortunately he didn't. And so, yeah, we are, it does yeah. look like, it does look like it was a guy who won the lottery and then turned around and, and spent all of it on, on, I hope he had a lot of fun. All right. I'll put it that way. I hope he had a lot of fun. I, I do too. I mean, but I also think of all these people who gave him the money and I'd be pissed. If I, I mean, look, when I give, so it's always amazing to me when I give. And, and, uh, and, and, and who, who's going to take that phone call today? Right. No, that's what I'm getting at is that when I give <laughs> yeah. money, 
when I get, I, you know, I'll give a hundred bucks or 200 to a cause. And I always hate when I see them pissing it away. And I can't imagine getting that call right now and saying, Hey, I need another million bucks for our super PAC. And they're going, Oh, really? What did you get for the first million I gave you? Um, I I do want to pivot though. Well, not pivot, kind of get back, I guess. We were having this discussion before we started talking about how much money we needed to make. Um, about- Which, and by the way, I will say this to tie it back to politics because, because, and this is something that came out as well, that when you're talking about voters, right, who are making 35000 a year for their household, 40000 a year, 45000 50000 a year, and they see this profligate spending, what it's something that Trump has done, which is, it's so ironic, you know, being a, a multi-billionaire himself, that he's turned money in politics into almost an albatross uh, around the neck of these candidates because right. he'll turn around and say, oh, look at Wall Street over here. You think this guy? And and the voters get it. The voters get it. And I remember Don Jr. had said this once. He said, you know, or it may have been Eric actually, um, where he said, you know, with, with, with our family, you can see how we made our money. You can go to our properties. You can you can stay in the hotels. You can play golf at the resorts. You can uh, you can you can visit. You can walk in and in New York, you just walk right in the building. That's part of the easement um, uh, ruling or deal that they made with the city. Um, but with with these political families, where did this money come right. from? Well, that's you know, right. And, and there's this general sense they know it's funny money. Right. And and you're absolutely right. I mean that that's that's actually such a great point. You can literally see uh, the buildings. Um, the golf courses that, that that have their name on them, and and so it's very clear what they built or what they licensed. Um, let, let's bring this back for a second because we were talking for a minute about these folks who have been sort of never Trump, and I keep thinking about the Vivek thing that happened the other night. He he decided to, to call it quits. He endorses Trump. He flies to New Hampshire, and now everyone's saying, "Oh, how great Vivek is!" And I look, I I'm a guy. I've been in politics for thirty years. Uh, it's a game of addition. You need more people. And I always told people, it was funny, during 2016 and into 2017, 2018, there was always this game and you talked about, you know, where you sat on the bus, you know, front row, whatever. I think there's plenty of seats. If somebody comes over to me right now, and I, I saw you retweeted this, this thing about Michael Moore the other day. Um, like if someone says, I'm a diehard liberal, but I've realized that Trump policies are better or I've seen what Biden's doing to the country and I'm willing to support Trump. I don't really care. I'm like, great. Welcome to the team. Here's your jersey. Uh, politics is about addition. And there was always this game for a while about when you supported Trump and how long and how committed. And my answer has always been, I don't really care. I mean, you need more people. You look at the, the, the closeness of Michigan, of Georgia, of Arizona, of Pennsylvania. I need more people who live there to say, I get it. Yes. I'm with you. Okay. That being said, this is where I'm going to have and a I do hard- want to be very clear what I said that about what I said, I was talking about thought leaders. I know, no, no, right? I, I get what you mean. And that's no, no. that's a very specific- And, and yeah. I also think, I don't wanna put words in your mouth, but I also thought that what they were doing is sort of trying to have it both ways and be chameleons and be like, I'm not with Trump, but I am with Trump, but I am not with Trump. Precisely, Precisely. And that's, Okay, that being said, let's talk about Nikki Haley for a second. One of the things you tweeted was, it's not enough to be against Nikki Haley. You must be actively anti-Nikki. Actively anti-Nikki. Actively anti-Nikki. So let me play a game with you for a second. Sure. Trump gave this, I think, an unbelievably gracious, magnanimous, spot-on victory speech the other night in Iowa. He was just pitch perfect, and he knows when to do it, and that's the beautiful thing about him. I, I, By the way, I loved it when he walked up to the podium because – uh, I'm trying to find a good, but he, he, right. Um, 
he walked up and he just pulls a piece of paper and it wasn't like a full eight and a half by 11. It had been folded and he holds it the long way, right? So, you know, just for, for audience sake, uh, just make sure I don't have my bank account there, but he holds it long ways up and he pulls it out. And my guess, knowing him, is it was just a list of names, right? And that's what he did. If you think about it, he just went off and he said, you know, nice things yeah. about Ron and Nikki, whatever. So let's just play a game for a second. Nikki Haley today says, I realize there's no path forward. I drop out and I support um, Donald Trump. What, 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 should, what should the reaction of Team Trump be? Mm. <laughs> mm. Mm. Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley. Someone who, you see, and this is, this is interesting too, because Nikki Haley, there's a few things you have to deal with here, right? Because so Vivek Ramaswamy was, he's an outsider to politics. Uh, he, had, he had been a guy who, who came from the biotech world. He, he wrote a couple of books that kind of got him into the political game, um, sort of did like the celebrity author route almost right. uh, into politics. But, you know, he wasn't a former member of the administration. He wasn't someone who had been given a job right. uh, by the president. He was, you, you can't. You can't take you can't take these things in a vacuum, right? These there is history there. The same way there is history at the fact that Ron DeSantis would never have been governor of Florida without the endorsement right. of Donald Trump. It's just as simple as that. And so, you know, I think the I do think the way that people go about things matters. I really do. And I think Ron DeSantis running without uh, even a phone call, without even mentioning, I think you have to you have to take that as it is. Nikki Haley coming out and saying that she would not run. She still has tweets up today saying uh, saying that Donald Trump is the best person to be the next president from like 2021, right? And I've, I can go and find them all. They're all still there. The same way that her Bubba Wallace and George Floyd and all the other tweets are still up, uh, which is really funny, by the way, but whatever, you know, it's like, does she not have a staff that can right. like, you know, you know, clean up any of this stuff? Cause I'm going to find it. And um, so, so where, and, and where do you come down? Let's get is, to it. What, what do you say? Right, what are, where would I come down? I would say, I would say thanks. And, and, you know, there's, right. you know, here's your, here's your MAGA hat, but at the same time, uh, VP, absolutely not. Cabinet, no, probably not. Um, but you know, you know, you could be around. That's fine. Um, I, yeah, I, I, I'm with you on this. Like I said, I, I know that might know. At the end of the day, if you think about how close, forty five thousand votes over three states in 2016, three states, seventy thousand votes in 2020. We we don't have a lot to play with, and so I'll take what I can get and bank the vote. Um, before before we kind of wrap up, there is one thing that I want to ask you. You you you, you mentioned it in terms of your, your resume, but you were a Navy Intel guy. Um, oh, yeah. In 2020, 51 officials, Intel officials, <laughs> told us don't look at Hunter Biden's laptop. It's Russian disinformation. Hunter's been on television before saying, I don't know, maybe it's mine, maybe it's not. And then Miranda Devine actually had a great tweet last night. Uh, she put out in a new court filing today, the DOJ confirms Hunter Biden's laptop is real, that he left it at a computer store, and that the contents matched uh, what they obtained from a search warrant of his iCloud, right? So think about this. The DOJ filed a thing, and in the filing, it basically says, okay, because they're trying to go after somebody else now. So they're basically having to say, all this is real. They admitted it. These 51 Intel officials have never really paid a price. The media that spread it haven't paid a price. And it's just like, move on, right? We are literally trying to suppress and subvert and change an election. And yet, the DOJ just filed something and no one is covering it, having to admit they were wrong, having to fess up for lying. It's unbelievable. Well, it really is unbelievable. And I remember actually getting into it because when, when I got my copy of the hard drive in October of 2020, 
Um, <clears throat> and I tried to do something a little bit differently than like, than like Steve was doing at War Room or uh, what the New York Post was doing. What I did was, is I took my copy of the hard drive and I was hanging it out there and I was saying, Jake Tapper and tweeting at him and saying, Jake, we're right in DC. I will send someone over with a copy of this and I will hand it to you. I'll put it in your hand. I'll give it to you. Will you accept it? I said it to, and I was putting this out probably Maggie Haberman. Uh, do you want a copy? Mark Cuban then responds to me and says, oh, is this the, you know, and he's, he's all skeptical. Is this, this isn't the Rudy Bannon thing. I said this, I got a copy of it. All right that you can check out what it is. And then Ben Collins of NBC gets involved and says, oh, Mark, you can't accept anything from this guy. This is a bad guy. He said, whoa, 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 whoa. I've got a hard drive, all right? I'll leave it up to you, but you take a look at it. Just look at it and tell me what you think. None of them took me up on it, Sean. None of these these journalists, none of these individuals, not the New York Times, not CNN. Um, There was one guy from Politico who came by. I don't know that he's publicly put his name out there, but I'll, I'll say there was, uh, there was someone from Politico who came by. Uh, there was somebody, there were a few people from Congress right. who came by various offices. Um, but any of these big names, you know, I, I offered it and they said the more that you tell me, show me where the Russian disinformation right. is. Show no, no, me where, because it, it was a joke from the start. Uh, when it comes to these 51 officials, great. I'm, I'm glad they have a list because that's a list of names. Number one, pull all their security clearances. Number two, uh, pull all their accesses. If they have any, if they have anything, uh, you know, you know, any, any, uh, SEI accesses whatsoever, get rid of them. And then, and then more importantly, find out who put them up to it. Exactly. And I think we do need to find out who put them up to it and find out if those well, we do know. It was, I mean, it was, it was Blinken and Sullivan, but, um, Jack, yes. unfortunately, I, we, we've had such a great conversation. Um, we can only go so long because, uh, well, because that's that's how life works. You know that. Uh, I always appreciate <laughs> your commentary, your Twitter feed. Thanks for being with us. Um, and uh, everyone, thank you for this great conversation. As I mentioned later in the week, Don Jr. is going to join us. I appreciate you being with us. Continue to rate, subscribe. Uh, we will see you back here tomorrow on the Sean Spicer Show. It's great. Everybody needs to watch the Sean Spicer Show. He's pulling back the curtain on how politics actually works. That's the way to end the show. Thank you, Jack.